Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame video game podcast starring Matt Levy and Mike Staub. We love video games and have embarked on a journey to index the greatest video games of all time into our very own Hall of Fame. Here's the show. And we're back with another week of the Hall of Fame pod. How's it going, Mike? It's it's going. It is batastic. It is batastic because here we are, Mike, another week. We're talking about an awesome game, but I feel like I'm being rewarded again. A few weeks ago, we talked about Final Fantasy VIII, an absolute gem of mine. And here we are talking about Batman Arkham City by Rocksteady, one of my favorite games. Mike, what do you think of Batman Arkham City? It's awesome. I love this game. Uh, I really, really enjoy this game. There are things about this game I like better than Asylum. There are things about Asylum (laughs) that I like better than this game. But it's hard. Like when when comparing the Batman games, like I, I even like Arkham Knight a lot, even though I know that game is like typically considered the weakest of the series if we don't count Origins. Like Origins is kind of just kind of eh. Arkham Arkham Asylum was really like the return of the superhero game. We had a lot of great superhero games kind of strewn throughout history. A lot of them were the fighting games. But Batman games have always been at least decent. Going back to the NES, the NES Batman game based off the 1989 movie is, is actually pretty good for a superhero game, especially in the 80s. I would say that it's actually very good. It does kind of have like almost like a Metroid vibe. It's not, it's not, it is level based, but still at the same time, it does kind of have that kind of feel where- Metroid and a bit of Ninja Gaiden in there. A little Ninja Gaiden. I mean, Batman is a ninja. It should play that way. True. But Arkham City and Arkham Asylum really kind of were just like, oh, this is the stuff we can do if we have people who care about video games making video games about superheroes now you could have made arkham city and arkham asylum i mean arkham city is pretty much a it's an open world superhero action game it laid the groundwork for what would eventually become spider-man in 2018 which is probably built upon the batman um platform to a degree probably neck and neck with the first two batman games is the best superhero games ever made unless you want to talk about like marvel vs. capcom 2 but purely superhero games, Batman Arkham City, Batman Arkham Asylum, and Spider-Man are probably the best of the superhero games to ever be released. And many would argue that this is the best one. I think it's perfectly fine to argue that. I think I don't think there's a problem arguing that. I do miss, while playing Arkham City, I do miss the Metroidness of Arkham Asylum. And now that I'm going through Metroid Prime on Switch... It makes me appreciate the Metroid formula all that much more, just how intricate everything is. But Arkham City is such an interesting concept, and it's when Gotham City essentially turns into Arkham Arkham for Well, part of Gotham City has... All right, so the story here is Hugo Strange has pretty much let all the inmates out and has turned a section of Gotham City into Arkham City. So it's the whole city. And you get all of the... All of the classic Batman's rogues gallery kind of floating through the city that you get to interact with. And when you have it in an open world setting, 
where there is a story, but there's also a bunch of stuff going on in the city. It really does feel like Batman. That's kind of how Batman operates. It's kind of like, oh yeah, he's trying to hunt down Hugo Strange, but then he's got to go talk to the Penguin, or he's got to beat up Mr. Freeze, or the Joker blows up a hospital in the middle of him trying to do something. It just makes you realize that Batman's life is just very, very difficult. And this game is so very good. And when we were doing, when I was doing my research for this game, I was thinking about like, so for those of you who don't know, I, I do another podcast called Batman Tasticast, where we have been chronicling the Batman, the animated series for its 30th anniversary. So I've been spending a lot of time with Batman, but specifically the animated series, the original animated series from 1992. Now, the thing about that is that these games have always felt like they were an extension of the animated series. And when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's because it's Kevin Conroy. Oh, rest in peace. We lost Kevin Conroy last year. It was a very sad day for Batman fans, but uh, he's our Batman. He's always been my Batman. He'll always be my Batman. So uh, thank you for that, Kevin Conroy. And Mark Hamill as the Joker, who is my Joker. He'll always be the Joker to me. And then I was like, yeah, that's why, because it sounds like them. It doesn't really look like the animated series. But then I looked at who wrote these games, and they're written by Paul Dini. So it's like, okay, so it's the same guy who wrote the animated series, wrote Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. So it makes all the sense in the world that these games essentially feel like more Batman the Animated Series. And for Batman fans, I think that is the absolute best thing that you can do is give us more of the arguably the best Batman property to ever be released outside of the comic books. So I love these games and I love this game in particular. I spent a lot of time with it on, I believe, the Xbox, but I've been meaning to go back and play it on the on modern consoles with the HD version. Yeah. Mike, as always, you unpack a great introduction. So thank you so much for that. In the in the actually totality as the totality of all-time best superhero video games because they kind of have their own lineage and ranking. And there were not many, I'd say, absolute bangers before the Arkham series. There were good games you could point out. You named the original NES Batman. You can point to the X-Men Legends games, which are more yeah, those are niche good. and Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Those are more niche type games. They never broke through as far as mainstream, but they were quality video games. But this was the first series and this was the first game as being really huge buildup. And it was only two years after Arkham Asylum. So it's amazing and such a quick turnaround. They had a lot of seeds they had planted, things they had tested out in Arkham Asylum. And you can almost do like you do, hey, do you like New Hope or do you like Empire Strikes Back? Or you do like, it's. It, this is one of those where you can make an argument really for either. While most people will say Empire Strikes Back and most people will say Arkham City, you can make an argument that Arkham Asylum is a tighter game that is more focused. Some of the stuff in this game is, no pun intended, batshit because there's just so much going on at once and the plot lines between the stuff with Ra's al Ghul, which is great. That whole sequence is fantastic, Mike. Oh yeah, but it totally takes you out of the game. It could completely, uh, that could be yeah. a whole game in itself. It yeah. takes away from all the other stuff that's happening, but it's fantastic. And then you have the beginning, the intro, Mike, which I absolutely love it could be the oh, yeah. best introduction oh, in yeah. Arkham City where you're Bruce Wayne. Yep. Yep. You're you're playing as Bruce Wayne at the beginning of the game and it's it's just wild. They were building this is when in 2011 mm -hmm. this was when we were in really good shape 
for these more quote-unquote cinematic video games. It was new at the time. We weren't beaten down with two Last of Us games. We didn't play two back-to-back God of War games. Uncharted was just finally kind of finding its feet in 2011. And cinematic games were, they felt novel. They felt new. They felt unique. And playing as Bruce Wayne was was such an interesting turn. Now, I sometimes blend this one together with Arkham Knight because there is similarity. There's a little too much similarity there. So this game obviously is the progenitor. It did it first. After Arkham Asylum, I think it would have been boring to go back to do another Metroid-style Batman game. No, this was definitely the right move. Yes, it was definitely the right move. While you and me might have some things we like about Asylum better, and I will agree on all of that, the Metroid feel works really well for Batman. Mm -hmm. There are things that this game, first off, the amazing combat from the first game is back and even better, Mike. I mean, they make the whole system of of blocking and just the free-flowing combat feels even better here. Yeah, it really does. Dodging and getting out of the way and using special attacks against special types of enemies. Like, it's really, really important. It's it's a really good combat flow. Combat is kind of relegated to almost like certain battle areas. You're not fighting all the time. And Spider-Man does the same thing, very similarly to Batman in, in, in in, in his game. But it's one of those things where it works for what this game is. The stealth stuff is very good, being able to use your environments and take people out and use Batman gadgets to to essentially fool your fool your enemies. You know, it's great. This game has great boss fights. Excellent yeah. boss fights. I think the the one that stands out as the most memorable is Mr. Freeze. Yeah. So you fight Mr. Freeze in this game and it's one of the best boss fights in recent memory because boss fights don't exist anymore. And the way you fight Mr. Freeze is that he learns your, he, he, Mr. Freeze is a super genius, right? In, in a suit of power armor that can shoot ice. He learns your moves as you use them against him. So a move or a trick will only work against Mr. Freeze one time. So you have to use your whole arsenal of gear to trick Mr. Freeze to beat him. Like it's it's so fascinating that they were able to like think about that. Now granted this is Paul Dini writing this and Paul Dini essentially recreated Mr. Freeze in the Batman animated series episode Heart of Ice in 1992, which I think it was the third episode they aired on TV even though I think it was like the 15th or 14th they produced in terms of the production side of things. And it is very much that Mr. Freeze, right? Like he looks different, he has that kind of Arkham look to him. But like that's the Mr. the sad, cold Mr. Freeze that we get in in Arkham City is yeah, the, is, the, is essentially the one for the the, animated the writing, the audio, and definitely the story they're going for is very much out of the animated series. The, like you said, the yeah. art style is very much of that Unreal Engine of that time. So some yeah. of the art style might not match what you'd expect from the animated series, but everything else, I agree with you. It it, it feels like a continuation. Yeah, Batman's really he's real he's real big in this game. Like he's real jacked, which is cool. He's right you out know, of Gears of War. It is it, <laughs> it this is the time period where the Unreal Engine was very very chunky in terms of like all of the characters had muscles upon muscles upon muscles. Every single it, enemy in this in this yep, game looks like a beast. Yeah. Which is fine, but it was very much a game of its era. 
Now, Batman should be a pretty big guy, but like he's 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 gigantic in this game. Like when you see Bruce Wayne walking around in a suit, it looks like he's in pain, like just like he's so muscular that it looks like it hurts. But this game is just it's so good. It's so good. You kind of kind of look past that a little bit because like you're saying, it's the writing, it's the performances. It's getting to play as Catwoman. Yeah, that's a um, whole. Which is fascinating. That was originally, I think, like a pre-order or a DLC thing. And they kind of made it part of the the, the game. How you kind of flip-flop and her. She felt that the fluidity again, how she was kind of sleeking around, sneaking around. Her combat felt just different enough than Batman. She wasn't trying to overpower people. It was trying to using her speed and finesse in battle. And that was something that could have completely blown up in your face. They could have overused it or overdone it. It's just enough to keep things fresh. Yep. The Catwoman segments. And mm-hmm. I think her use and also the use of Riddler trophies, because in the first game, it was so, sort of unsatisfying when you got all the yes. Riddler trophies. They needed to yes. give you a better payoff here. And I thought the the payoff finding his hideout and spoilers but when you do get the 400 plus trophies in this game you get to his hideout and there's a little side mission there when you get there uh, to try and stop his last puzzle trick well i think the riddler the riddler trophies and things like that work way better in an open world game as opposed to the kind of closed off world of arkham asylum yeah the fact that it's out there in the world and riddler is just this wacky control freak i totally get that that makes a lot of sense but it's it's one of those things where it's rewarding in this game. It's way more rewarding. You know, unfortunately, we would see in Arkham Knight that they would try to recreate everything that Arkham City did and just kind of boost it up a couple of notches. And I think ultimately they lost sight of their way. I think that I think that this game works because it gets stuff to level 10. Yeah. Right? It gets stuff to 10. Arkham City's trying to take that 10 and boost it up to 12 or 13, and it doesn't work as well. It's Bigger is, is not always better. This game did a good balance of traversal wasn't a big thing in Arkham Asylum because no. you can kind of get everywhere by foot. Yeah. You can use his, his bat claw and, and swing up and swing around if you needed to, but you weren't really needing to that often use your grappling hook. But in this game, you're kind of quote unquote flying and gliding around the whole city, and that felt really cool because you didn't really do much of that in the first game. No, and Batman's skills are really good for traversal. Like his arsenal of of tools is great to get around a big city like that. Now you're not forced to use the Batmobile constantly in this game, which is very nice. And it really does show you that Arkham Arkham City has got it's got a really good design to it. It's like a big this big overworld map and Batman's just doing Batman stuff like all the time. It's like it just it's just realize you realize how how terrible his life is and how hard it is to be Batman because constantly stuff is going wrong. And I do like the usage of Hugo Strange as kind of like this yeah. cerebral match for Batman mentally where we don't always see that, especially in the movies. In the movies Batman is just a tough guy in a bat suit. You know, very rarely in the movies does Batman get to use his detective skills. But in this game, you have a villain who is very bright, very yeah, he, bright. He outthinks Batman many times in this game. And yep. it's, it's cool to see Batman go kind of tit for tat for someone mentally. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, very often in movies, in games, Batman doesn't get to use his detective side. And this game does a great job of of using that, uh, those abilities, and then also having a villain that, that can take advantage of that. That was great because the first game was very 
Joker focus, which listen, we all love the Joker and he becomes still the main villain in this game more or less, but there's still so much else this game does. That's brilliant use of, again, you said the rogue gallery, which he's got, you might say Spider-Man. I think Batman's got him beat as far as the best rogue gallery. It's, 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 it's arguable. The two best, the two best rogues galleries in comic books are Spider-Man and Batman by like, there's no number three. I mean, if you want to say it's Superman, but flash, maybe the flash has a decent rogues gallery, but neither Superman flash. You can name any of them. None of them even get close to Spider-Man or Batman. No, none of them are close to Spider-Man and Batman and they rob from each other constantly. I mean, like Black Cat is Catwoman, a Green Goblin is essentially in the vein of Joker, but then you have Venom and Bane, then you have Killer Croc stole from the Lizard, then you have Scarecrow and Mysterio who are pretty much the same. I think Scarecrow, I think Mysterio might predate Scarecrow. I have to check that. I'm not sure. But like, there's a reason why both rogues galleries have a lot of the same characters and it's because they work so well for those characters like Spider-Man and Batman don't work outside of their city. You take Batman, like I know there's Justice League and I know Batman's in the Justice League and I know he goes to space and stuff, but like you kind of lose what makes Batman great when he's like in space fighting aliens. Like that's not Batman, right? Spider-Man, the same thing. It's like, oh yeah, we're going to do this big crossover event and Spider-Man's going to go into space. Like they did it in the movies and it was like kind of cool. But like in Infinity War, when you see Spider-Man swinging around, what's Spider-Man doing the whole time? He's saving people. That's what Spider-Man does. He saves people. But the best Spider-Man and Batman stories are when it's condensed to essentially New York City because Gotham City. Sorry, sorry, friends, even though they say it's New Jersey, it's Manhattan, folks. Just look at the map. Gotham City and New York are so very similar. And uh, I think those characters work really well inside their own city. And I like that in Arkham City, Arkham City is a part is it's is a self-contained part of Gotham City that Batman has to deal with and it's just it's just a ride it's 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 one of those games where you can blow through it and play it quickly or you can take your time and find all the trophies and unlock all the suits yeah it ranges and, from you know, 15 to 20 hours in a quick run and it can be 30 yeah. to 40 if you want to do all the side missions all the DLC all of the extra content all the Riddler trophies it's a lot of game, Mike. And talk about the cinematic quality. We talked about the combat. You talked about some of the voiceover work, but the voiceover work, Mike, it doesn't really stop no. at the two you said. I mean, you get Nolan no. North, you get Troy Baker, you get Tara Strong. I mean, there's a list a mile long of the best voice actors in the business here. Absolutely. And really, really good stuff. We could probably, I mean, you named you named some of the, the most popular Stana voice Kadek actors around. Uh, is yeah. Talia Al Ghul here. Uh, she's known from many TV shows, many movies. Yeah. There's a long list here of people involved in this in this game, and that's kind of how the animated series work too. When yep. you go and you and you you watch the animated series, you realize how many famous people were in the animated series. Like Ron Perlman is Clayface, like yep. wild, right? Just to name one off the top of my head. And yeah, this is the first time we have Tara Strong as Harley. Yep, which is which is cool. She took over from Arlene Sorkin, who retired the role with Arkham Asylum. She was the she was Harley from 1992 to like 2009, and I guess at that point she was like, "It's time to retire." But if you follow it, if you follow the character Harley Quinn, you would you realize that Arlene Sorkin is Harley Quinn. Like that's who the character is. She went to college with Paul Dini. and I think he got the idea for that character from watching. I I forget what what soap opera Arlene Sorkin was on, but there's an episode where she plays a clown and he pretty much made the character for her because like Harley and Arlene, all that stuff. But Tara Strong would then play Harley for a few years 
And then she was also Batgirl. She was Raven. She was a lot of a lot of different DC characters. And then uh, Mark Hamill and, and Kevin Conroy, this isn't their last time playing Batman and the Joker, but it is getting there. You don't really see Mark Hamill and, well, obviously Kevin Conroy is no longer with us, but post 2011, you get very, you get much fewer performances with Conroy and Hamill as Batman and Joker. At the um, time, Hamill said this would be his last time doing it. And obviously he did do a few after this, but he put everything and both of them did put everything into this role. If you just, again, want to enjoy this game for the cinematic, for the story, it's great. It's the performances yeah. are absolutely. You can see, you can picture Mark Hamill in a booth, contorting his entire body to do this this role. Yeah, he's. I mean, Mark Hamill as the Joker is uh, is incredible, and it's crazy how when you listen to him, it's like every laugh is a little different. It's like he puts so much into this character. Same thing with Kevin Conroy, and obviously all the voice actors that were part of this were were incredibly important to mm-hmm. the overall vibe and like I said before it's all because the animated series was so popular sometimes I wish that the visual style was more like the animated series I think that would have been cool but a little smoother I'm, and not as as rough looking as yeah it, it would have been cool to get Bruce Tim involved I think and have I Bruce always Tim wondered why I know, they, art. I know they made this the Spider-Man video game that was animated what was that one called um uh, ultimate spider-man thank you the ultimate spider-man which was a fine game it's a good yeah, game it's a decent um, game but i've always been wanting a batman game in that and there is an animated series batman i think it was on the gamecube i think there wasn't that visual style but i wanted one on the more of the hd era i thought there'd be some really cool stuff if they did yeah maybe now is the time yeah Do you know, different. I, know. I, th- I thought rocksteady might have after there was so many rumors, and I was hoping that would be the case. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're doing one. I don't know what Rocksteady's even working on right now. Are they working on the Suicide Squad the Suicide game? Suicide Squad, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, we'll see how that goes. I, I From what I hear, it's supposed to be kind of like Gotham Knights. We're getting which, a state um, of play on it. Yeah. Uh, as we speak, you guys have probably have already seen it, but there's supposed to be a, like 15 minutes of gameplay on the game because people don't know what that game is at this point still. Yeah, we're not 100% sure what it is. It's, it's apparently... It's apparently like it could be a squad-based game, but at the same time, it it might be more like Gotham Knights. I don't really know. Like, I'm not sure if it's going to be like... I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, Mike. What did Rocksteady do before the Arkham and all these DC games? Did they... Yeah, I don't really know what they did, to be honest with you. I mean, they're, they're, I think they were pretty new. I think they were I a think, group of town put together, right? I, I think they, they worked on some stuff like in the PS2 era, maybe. I think they're like an early 2000s company. I think that they started, I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and this is a stretch, so you might have to, have to, you might have to fact check me on this. I feel like they had something to do with Argonaut games. I so they feel were like they I know were like a spin off so, of Argonaut. So they're based in London, England, yeah. and obviously they're a subsidiary of Warner Brothers, which we all know. They were founded in 2004 in December. So again, they were not around a long time. They did a game called Urban Chaos was their first Urban release. Urban Chaos, yes, yes, yes. For the I, PS2 I and Xbox, that was back in 2006 timeframe. Yeah. And then Arkham Asylum was next after Idos obtained the rights to make a Batman game. So. They didn't have it. This is not the most experienced team, but it's amazing what they did in such a short period. Now we we kind of these games are polished, Mike. They're not buggy. You play Asylum City. These yeah, games, they look really good. They, they, but they, it's not just how they look. 
you know, something about a Nintendo game, you can go to any corner, any area that you're not, yeah. your character's not falling into a wall. They're not falling through the ground. It's not janky. These games, they work and they run and they perform. They're really well tested. And Arkham City is a grand, massive game that you would get from a Bethesda, that you would get from, name your open world experience team. And here they are doing it with, with ease. Yeah, no, they must have gotten a ton of money from Warner Brothers. That's the only thing that makes sense and probably important people thrown at them to work on this. That's the only thing that makes sense. But I do believe that Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. I think that game is actually part of the Arkham series. Like, I think that's like the continuation of of the Arkham series. Now, I might be wrong. But being that it's the last performance by Kevin Conroy as Batman. Really so cool. I think that's, that's hey, we're lucky that we got yeah, one more performance yeah, from yeah. him. But it's it's pretty great to see where that goes. And I really do hope it's good. I hope it's a good game. I didn't play Gotham Knights. You did. And you seem to really like it. So hopefully this is really good. Hopefully this is really good. But the Arkham, the lineage of Arkham is in a weird spot as a series right now. But by far the height of the series was 2011. Like, even though you can argue one game is better than the other, like nothing beats that period for Batman games. It's just like between 2009 and 2011, these games were just on the top of the world. Everyone was wanted more and more Batman and their influence is, is extensive. So I'm really happy that they exist. I had an amazing time when I played them. Yeah, just to Mike give you some of this this the memorable sequences of this game. I know oh, yeah. from the very beginning, you're I think it's in the courtroom where Two Face is a really cool yeah. sequence to kind of start out the game. Really fun, really cool. Clayface, there's some plot twists where Clayface is involved in this game, and Clayface is always the the performer, the the theater fan at heart. So yeah, you have the some- actor. Always the actor. You have some Mad Hatter stuff, which is I think almost like a little side mission, which is kind of cool. The Mad Hatter thing where he gets kind of like the brain device put on him, yeah. and which is right out of the animated series, is so cool. Yeah, you got Mad Hatter, great character. Deadshot has some cool stuff in this game, which is, again, just another great character see in here. Hush, there's some stuff you do with Hush in this game, which is actually really cool. You go into like his apartment, and you do some detective work to try and find out about Hush. So there's some really really cool stuff that was well done. You talked about Freeze. We talked about Cobblepot. This game, it it feels like a rundown Gotham turned into a prison. They really did an amazing job with it. And that's why you said this game was all-time great considered. The Metacritic sits at a 96. That's it, really high. That's it's, really It's really considered high. one of the greatest games of all time. Now, the 360 got a 94, the PS3 a 96. I don't know why. I think they were equally as good. I don't think one got better content than the other. The Wii U got a weird like port a few years after with some new abilities, some different unique stuff. That's Yeah, very weird. Yeah. Very, very weird. And then there is now HD, they call it, or a remaster of this game that you can play on like PS4 and modern consoles. That I think they just upscaled, upresed a bunch of things. I don't think a, a ton of work was done, but these games are good enough that they should be played by modern audiences. So I'm happy that this is playable. You can get this game on the Xbox and PlayStation series of consoles pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Mike. Oh, very easily. Very easily. And, and it's very, very good. This is a game that the accessibility makes it so that you should buy it. It's usually very cheap. Yeah. If they, you have it, if you oh, have it on, like, I think I got it for free on the Epic store. They're like $5 like, a game sometimes, the series. I and I, I, it makes me sad. I'm like, 
this everyone should own this game. <laughs> it's a very important game. It's certainly a very important game. And if you are a superhero fan and haven't played it, wow. You're yeah, doing yourself a giant disservice. You could, if you even, which I would recommend, but if you wanted to skip Arkham Asylum and get more into Arkham City, there's no yeah. reason you couldn't. This was one of the fastest selling games in history, Mike. Worldwide, 2 million units were sold in its first week. And then you're talking to more than 6 million units were sold in just a couple months. That's very uh, good. <laughs> I know it's multi-platform, but even still. Even still. In, 20, in 2011. This yeah. isn't 2020, right? So 2020, this isn't the Switch era, where it's the, where there's a hundred million consoles out there. This is this is a different era of gaming, where your top games of the year wouldn't sell this much. So this this is amazing. The amount of the amount of figure sales figures, the amount of sales this game had is is just wild. You know, there are very few games that I personally go back and replay. Kakarot, you guys have heard on the pod a oh, few times, boy. being a game yeah. that I've played like three or four times already. But the Arkham Collection in particular, I played on the 360 like you did probably twice. I played it on normal, then I played it back on hard mode, uh, like a new game plus mode. Then I played it again on the PC when it came out like a month or two after because I had a high-end PC and you could put all the settings up and the game looked gorgeous playing it even at that time on a high-end PC. So this is a game that I've revisited. I've probably played each of the Arkham games. If I had to say probably Asylum five times, this game five times, probably Night only twice because just because it's more modern, I haven't gotten back to it since. Um, the Origins game, it's not bad. It's probably not going to be a Hall of Fame contender, but it's not a bad video game. There's some story content and some gameplay elements that I thought were some of the best in the series, but it's probably the weakest of the bunch. I just think that it's not doing anything new and original. Like no. the first two games are. No. So yeah. Yeah. And you got different voice actors, different things going yes. on, which were everything. Fine. It's it yeah, it's like a different team. It was a yeah. total, totally different production it is. team. It is. It's WB and, Montreal as well. Yeah, so it's who 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 didn't wasn't really making great stuff at the time. And it was, I think, a way to kind of cash in on oh, the absolutely. fact that the Batman games were doing well. And um, Arkham Knight, because it was being made for the newer consoles, that game took a lot longer to develop. So I'm sure that helped cash in some money on the way. Yeah, well, you got to think, right? Arkham Knight is what is like a 2015, 2014, 2015 game. And Arkham Origins is a 2013 game. So clearly they were working on the transition from generation to generation with between Arkham City and Arkham Knight. And you have something they need to release in the middle because they don't want to go four years without a game. So they throw you Arkham Origins, which like you said, isn't a bad game. It's just like not a great game. Yeah. Arkham it, Knight is 2015 to 2011's Arkham City. Yeah, so yeah. four years, we're used to that now where games take four or five, six years between sequels, between like God of War, between Breath of the Wild to Tears of the Kingdom. We expect long development time, but that was not really commonplace back then where you'd get games pre-HD era or just started the HD era, it would take maybe two or three years. Yeah. It's it's hard for developers to go four years without money coming in. Yeah. So yeah. Arkham Origins was a good in-between and it's a fine video game. Like you said, it doesn't do anything new. It was a little buggy at release. There were some like things that would stop and crash the game a lot. Um, yeah. But I still remember the, I don't know if you recall the final sequence at Arkham Origins. You're like in this church and Batman's just beaten on Bun Joker, just punching like 300 times. Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> that's, see, but see, that's when I have a problem with things, 
right? That's when it's just like you're misusing Batman a little bit. Yes, Batman is a good fighter, but at the same time, it's like, I guess in Arkham Origins, he's supposed to be younger. He's younger. Yeah. I get it. He's yeah. more He's more upset. They do that constantly in the movies where Batman is a guy who beats people up. And we see that in, unfortunately, all three Nolan movies where he uses very little bit of his detective skills. Very, very little. We get a yeah. little bit of tech. Michael Keaton Batman has a little bit of, he's just weird and he's aloof. And I, I really like those movies and I really like Michael Keaton. We get a little bit of detective stuff in that one, but he's more about gadgets and 80s kind of Tim Burton fun, like the best of the Tim Burton stuff. And then you get Ben Affleck Batman, who they try to make seem like he's a detective, but he's not very, like, it's not his fault. It's just the writing's not great. And he just kind of ends up like, oh, once again, you're a tough guy. So you're telling um, us George Clooney's the best. Yeah, George Clooney's so good. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, my favorite is, if we're not talking Conroy, my favorite is Keaton. But I think this my second favorite after him. It might be tied. But I really did like the Batman. I thought the Batman was great. And I thought it was the first Batman movie that felt like a detective noir story. And the Riddler was a perfect villain for that. Yes, I understand they made it hyper-realistic and they changed some stuff about how that world works. But what I say about that, the Batman is that what it's lacking, what, what the Nolanverse has is this kind of quote-unquote super serious, super grounded, quote-unquote realistic approach to Batman which is fine, but then it's not super realistic at all. Like he goes to Hong Kong for like five seconds to like arrest someone. And then you have the Batman, which is also super serious and super and super quote unquote realistic, but it's super sincere about it. And I think that's what separates the Batman from the Nolan movies. And I love the first two Nolan movies, um, but I think I like the Batman better as a Batman story. Obviously, the Dark Knight always stands as like the best with a really great performance from Heath Ledger. But eighty nine Batman is, I think, still it's, uh, my, it's my bread and butter. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's not know, the animated series. You know, Mike, I but, am, and I will say this unapologetically, I'm a defender of Val Kilmer's Batman. I ooh, think Batman, ooh. I think forever, ha, turns it up to 10. And Burton's is great. It's weird. I love those movies. I love Keaton. Three tries to go in a different direction. And kind of like how City Beast, it takes up to 10. I feel like it tries to do that with the Two-Face and Blither being kind of over the top these ridiculous cartoon-esque characters, comic book-esque characters. And obviously, the train falls off the wheels with Batman and Robin. I'm not going to try and defend oh, that Batman, film. Batman and Robin. See, but there's something tormented I like about the Batman and Batman Forever, that Kilmer's Batman, he's, he's tortured. I think yeah, they do a good job yeah. with that. And I do think the the villains, they were doing something sort of interesting, I would say. What's, 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 what's weird? Of, what I find weird about Batman Forever uh -huh. is that and I like Batman Forever for what it is. Schumacher in that movie is trying to go full camp. Yep. But like he stops at a point, right? Where it's like, you have to, do you want us to take this movie seriously? Or do you want it to be a goofy fun fest? And Batman and Robin does more of the latter, but poorly. And yeah. I think that's the problem with those movies. It's just like, if you're going to do full camp, just do full camp and do well, it well. Well, that's why the Adam West stuff is still so yeah. good. I mean, you it's can so go much back fun and watch. watch the series or the movie and it's campy, but it's it's just, it's you know what it is. There's no question of what it's trying yeah. to be. Yeah. And and when you, get, I think the problem with, I think Batman Forever, it's like, like you're, you're right. Val Kilmer has some moments as Batman where it's kind of like he is tormented. He is dark. He has it got this thing going. It doesn't always dance the right line. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it just doesn't know what it is all the time. Whereas our Batman and Robin knows exactly what it is, but it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's just 
That's the problem. Whereas I it's think the nipples, it's the bat yeah. nipples that are really bad too. They're just, they're just, Hey, listen <laughs> to each their own, <laughs> to each their own. So Mike, we're going to bring it back. We're going to lasso it back into Arkham city, an all time. Great. This game is on my top 15. If I wanted to put all Batman games in my top 10, I probably could. If I would not, if I was on a desert Island, that I picked 10 games, it would probably be three Arkham games. This game, I don't think has the replayability because it's such a long cinematic yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't go want to go back to it as often, but it's an amazing experience. Everyone should play this game. And if you want to say Spider-Man 2018 is is the culmination and is the better game, I'm fine with that. But this is then a number two right there as far as the best superhero. And again, it's not even fair that because you could just say open world adventure games. This yeah. is one of the best. I mean, this is this is I mean, it's not just the fact that it's a superhero game, right? It's that it's it's a really good open world adventure. The superhero game is like an added bonus. And obviously it's, you don't have Spider-Man without Batman. Yeah. Uh, you don't have 2018 Spider-Man without Batman Arkham Arkham City. But that being said, it's hard when you're looking at it, it's like, what's the better game? I don't know. I don't care. I'm glad they both exist. And if two characters in comic books deserve good video games, oh, yeah. it's Spider-Man and Batman. But uh, now it's like, since they've now templated how to do it, I would now love to see great Iron Man games and Captain America games and Wolverine games, which we might get. I'd love to uh, see now other great video games because I'm, of it, Mike. Super excited for the Wolverine game that has potential when it comes to Suicide Squad. I'm excited to see what they do. I really hope it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Because I think that really works for them. And I understand the two are related because James Gunn made both movies. But either way, I think it would, I would love for it to be more like Guardians and less like Gotham Knights, even though I didn't play Gotham Knights. So sorry, Matt. I know you I know you liked it. We'll see. I'd love to see a Daredevil game. I'd love to see a Superman game that yes, works. Yes. And I'd love to see Wolverine, I'd love like to see, you I'd said. love to see a true X-Men game, squad-based. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, Mike, there, this, this game does what we want every property to do. Give it great story and writing, mm -hmm, great mm -hmm. visuals. It's got mm -hmm. music and voice acting to back it up. The combat, like the gameplay gives, it, it, there's no flaw in this game. And if you want to play it, like you said, straight through and ignore everything else, it's still a great experience. If you want to live in this world for 40 hours, you can, it, you can. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And we can only hope that we get more superhero games that are this high quality. Yeah. We're 10, 11 years, I'm sorry, 12 years removed from this game. And it does feel like a long time ago. So I guess 12 years does sound right. But uh, it's a while I'm talking about it, I'm itching to play this game again. You might hear about it in pods to come. That's like, yep, I just did a replay of Arkham City, guys. Yep. Uh, well, I hope you do because it <laughs> deserves it. Mike, that's it for Arkham City. Another one in the bag. We did it. Two Arkham games now in our Hall of Fame. Uh, probably the last Batman game that's going to make our Hall of Fame, but... You never know. There could let's, be more coming. Let's see. Mike, thank you as always for being my partner here on the pod. Where can people out there uh, that are traveling, traversing the wild and wacky internet, where can they find you? Well, first and, first and foremost, man, thank you for having me here and giving me the opportunity to talk about video games every week. It's a pleasure. So thank you so much. You can find me here. You can also find me with my other podcast that I mentioned, Batman Tasticast. Just search us out on the internet, Batman Tasticast on on social media. Uh, you can find me, my band, Bad Mary. You can search us out, Bad Mary or Bad Mary Band on all your socials. And last but not least, you can find me at Long Island Retro Gaming or LIRG or LI Retro. We are doing a expo at the Cradle Avi Aviation here on Long Island on August, I believe, 11th through the 13th. 
And you can find me there. I also do the podcast there and as well as some videos. So uh, be sure to check all that stuff out with LI Retro. And uh, we'll see you next time with, I don't know what we're talking about next because Matt's usually the one who reminds me. So uh, among all the hard work that Matt puts into editing this podcast and getting it out on time every single week, uh, Matt's also great at uh, keeping me me informed as what I need to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, what I'm looking forward to is that this week I'm hosting a little, by, yeah. by, by the time this comes out, it'll be over and I will have beaten everyone in this speed running Mario contest we're having, but it's going to be Mario, the original Mario Brothers, Mario 3, Mario World, and Mario 64, little mini speed runs. We're having a group, about, about 10 of us are going to be there. So it's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. I don't, I don't think I'm going to do, I think I'll do poorly, but Believe that's fine. Believe in yourself. Confidence, Mike, is all you need to succeed in Mario. Confidence gets me nowhere with this stuff. <laughs> Even in like the Smash tournaments you've had, it's always kind of been like, I don't think I'm going to do that well. And I always do okay. I don't ever, never, I'm never like astonishing. So I'll just going to take it as it is and, 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 and leave it that way. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. We'll tell you guys all the results of it. But that's it. Please do follow us on the social media. Please do uh, give us a review. Check out our back catalog, which got like a huge bump yesterday, a hundred listens in one day. So wow. Um, yeah. Wow, look so at that. We're 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 doing some our good back stuff. catalog. Yeah. All the random episodes. I loved it. So keep it up, guys. Thank you so much for the support. And we will see you guys all next time. From Mike and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame Game Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at thehalloffamepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time.